Hey, hey, and welcome to the Tara Malil Show. Here is where we have incredible interviews and conversations with powerful, ambitious, and highly successful women. We hear about the start of their journey, how they got to where they are now, what were some of their biggest successes and most epic failures. And they also help share their expertise and tips for you to practically implement to help you along your entrepreneurial journey as well. Don't forget, we are here for you. So if you have questions that you want answered, please write in to tara at taramalel.com and we will make sure we get the best experts to answer those questions for you. We do that every Friday. Now, stay tuned. We have epic stories coming up. Hey, hey, and welcome to today's show. We have a fantastic interview with the incredible Emma Lovell from Lovely Communications. That's lovely with double L. With more than 10 years experience in communications, marketing and consulting, Emma Lovell can support you to share your unique message with the world and better communicate your personal brand. Emma believes that when you have a strong brand, everyone connects to it and has fun with it. It's exactly what happened with Lovely. Now, stay tuned as Emma talks about her long entrepreneurial journey and where she's at right now. Hey, hey, beautiful listeners. Now, some of you may not know, but we have a free community called Business Mastery Community over on Facebook. It's where we get to continue these conversations, connect with guests and other entrepreneurs to share our expertise, find some cool tips, and there's some awesome collaborations happening over in the community. So if you are not already a member, jump on over and connect with us there. That's Business Mastery Community over on Facebook. I'll see you in the group. Yeah, so my, yeah, I was having this thinking the other day around, and you and I had done some work on branding and in terms of the brand that I want to build and the brand that I want to have is one that I live and love my brand. So, you know, I am lovely. I'll... I live and breathe that. Yes. Um, but also, you know, the reason I sort of went into this work was to help people to be doing what they're truly meant to be doing. And so, you know, I've got to reflect upon that and what do I truly want to be doing and where do I want truly want to be going and doing is doing these, the type of work I'm doing, taking me down that road. And I think, I think it is, uh, you know, and it's great and I love supporting people and helping people, but definitely... I can't continue to do, and I couldn't continue to do all the work for people, nor should you anyway. Um, yeah. Do it with them, do it not for them. Yes. Um, but ultimately I want to get to the point, yeah, where I'm, you know, I like, and I practice what I preach. I like sharing my story. Mm. I, I do feel, genuinely feel I have something to say. I speak uh, with purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can ramble too, but hopefully I generally oh, preach. Yep. With purpose. Um, otherwise I'd happily sit quietly somewhere. Um, and yeah, I, I see myself in future on a stage um, with book, multiple books under my belt and 
helping people to live the life that they want to live. Yes. Yes. I love it. And it's, whether that is, you know, at the moment that's helping them through helping them identify their brand and helping them identify their goals and where they want to go and why are you even doing what you're doing? Mm. And I'm, you know, and I keep saying to them all the time, I'm like, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to myself. I'm on this journey with you. Um, it is, it is um, not constant, but it is like, you don't, it's not one and done. Mm. And I go, oh, I've branded myself. I'm branded. Yeah. You evolve and you grow and your goals might shift and change. You're ultimately who you are. You're ultimately, you're going to, some people disagree on this, but I, I say you're always going to be, come back to the essence of, of who you are. That doesn't, that doesn't truly change. Mm-hmm. Your goals though, your val like, and your values probably don't change as much, but they might shift a little bit depending what the priority is in your life. So, mm-hmm. but you need to stop check in and go, Hey, am I on the right path? Is this what I want to be doing? Why am I doing all this stuff? Why am I trying to impress all these people? Why am I trying to, you know, what, what, even am I telling a story at all? Mm-hmm. What story do I want to be telling? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in, in the, in the uh, Delta, in the mud <laughs> with my clients. I'm like, I'm here with you. Let's do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it because this is such a great example of, like I said, practicing what you preach. You're right. It's never a one and done because we ourselves are not a one and done. And I I know something that you and I, um, you know, I think it's something that we both agree on anyway, but after that massive brand workshop that we were both a part of, amazing. For, for me, and we spoke about this after, reinforce that idea of or that movement to a personal brand or a more personalized brand, right? Even if you don't, you don't want to have the brand around you, yourself, the person, but you need to personalize the business, right? So that is always an evolving, I don't want to say changing, I'm sick of the word pivoting, but I think it is an evolving thing as, as your business, it's always going to evolve and change. So on that note, can we rewind? So we've, we've landed right at the presence and uh-huh. we're sort of looking into the future and we'll get to that in a moment, but let's rewind. Let's go back, what, 11 years you've been in yeah. business? 11 years congratulations well done uh so let's rewind back so let's go back to uh month one (laughs) 11 years ago month one where were you at what were you doing what was your brand what were you offering yeah i was always lovely Mm -hmm. lovely was always there so um lovely by name lovely by nature yes i'm very my last i'm my last name is Lovell and I added the Y uh, in high school and it's stuck. Um, and it's been very easy to, you know, I say to people, oh, my name is Emma Lovell. Just call me lovely, you know. <laughs> um, and, and then they do to the point where if they type in lovely, love, uh, lovely, like have a lovely day on their phone, it sort of auto corrects sometimes to with the double L, L-O-V-E, double L-Y. Yeah. And they're like, damn you, Emma. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I what I did was just was like realized I was in university still. And I just thought, I think maybe, maybe a little bit cocky, but uh, I was like, I know I'm, I'm working in this. I could do stuff. I know stuff. 
but I was already working in it. I, I had the work experience that, and the work, the, so not even work experience, the roles I had done through university, I, I full credit to them, but I didn't just work at Macca's or Woolies or, or whatever. The roles I was doing were like promotional stuff. Um, working. Is that what you were studying? I was studying business, majoring in uh, PR and marketing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I got a job kind of doing some, a few things with the university and then ended up like creating a promotional program for them. Um, you know, I just sort of gravitated towards it. I started as an office junior with uh, the company that my dad uh, was the CEO of. And, but as I learned things, I was applying them. So I was applying the marketing things. So then it was like, I became the marketing and PR person. Mm-hmm. So once I decided I want to start, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm working with these multiple things. I had about three or four jobs. I'll put it in inverted commas. I was like, why don't I just turn these into clients, you know? And so I just mm. said, instead of you paying me as a, through my tax file number, can I invoice you through my business number? Mm. And so it didn't, the first month or so, you know, wasn't very different. Um, I had also done some, you know, and it's funny. It's so like, I don't want to say it's easy, but I said, oh, I'm running a business to someone. And they're like, oh, what do you do? Well, I do PR and marketing. Oh, mm-hmm. I know someone who needs PR and marketing. Yeah. Um, so I did some things with them. And then out of that, they went, oh, you were doing some PR and marketing for that person. I'm, I met you through them. Well, we need some marketing. So can you do it? <laughs> and initially when you're in your business, uh, you say, yes. <laughs> Yes, I can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you go. And you're like, yep. Quickly Googling. Holy crap. How do I do this? (laughs) It was so lovely working with some of my initial clients too, because I was, you definitely come out of a marketing degree or a business degree and you you very much, you know, this is a marketing plan. And it's like this 20 page document that you do, um, which you would do for a massive organization, but you're working with a smaller company. And I had a really awesome mentor um, a CEO and he was like, I love, you've put so much work into this. I love what you've done. Um, I would love to see five slides. <laughs> and I'm like, Juice. just, he's like, just, just the bullet points. And I was like, cool. So not like, not an assignment. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, but, yeah. It was, but you know, that taught me you know, somebody else might have wanted the 20, 20 page marketing plan. So it taught me like um, reverse brief, you know, understand what does the client need and want and deliver on what they want. He wanted yeah. five slides and, you know, and I had the job type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all he needed to know. He needed to know you've got the ideas, you're going to implement them. I trust you. Mm. Work. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, that was a very long story. So first month was, um, can you do this? Yes. And um, really leaning upon just going, well, I'm doing this anyway. Why don't I do it for myself? Mm-hmm. Why don't they be my clients? And I think for anyone starting out, that's, that can be a great way to start. I think people get really scared. Um, and I have quite, quite a few of the clients I work through with are in that transitional phase where they've gone from corporate, had enough, want to work on their own. Yeah, and they have this big cloud over their head and this big barrier of going. I run a business. I mm-hmm. am a business owner. I am doing this now because they've always had a role and a title. 
but now it's all on them. Mm. And it's like, just say it, you know, how do I say, how do I say that? How do I say this? And like, you say, I'm a business owner. (laughs) (laughs) I now do this. And I look practice again, what I preach. I, I had the same thing last year when I changed I was so used to saying lovely communications on PR marketing and social media mm-hmm. that had been my line for so long, but I was no longer doing those things. So it was, um, I'm a personal branding specialist and, mm. but I was trying to fit in lovely communications and almost an elevated pitch and, a, but oh, and I'm in the level and, <laughs> and I was about to get up on stage and I saw a speaking coach. I know a wonderful woman, Lynn Scanella. And I said to her, Lynn, Lynn, I'm about to go up and I have to introduce myself. And uh, like, what do I say? Um, you know, cause I'm doing, I, you know, you know, I've changed things. And she said, what, why don't you say I'm Emma Lovell and I'm a personal branding specialist. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, my logo was behind me. I mean, who cares? Like, you know, that's my business name. It, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny? That, but that's why I think we all need help in our business. And so you're talking about this happened last year. So you had already been 10 years in business, right? Very well experienced. And now suddenly just the smallest shift, which I mean, you know, it is a small shift. It's a big shift. It's a small shift, you know, but it's because we get inside our own heads too much and it, we overthink it. Yeah. What are people going to think? What are they going to think? And what, what are they going to say? Does that sound good or does that sound? And it is. It's like it's like the the initial feedback from from that first CEO who's like, yeah, let's just reduce it. And I get I get so many people coming to me going, well, do a little bit of this and a blah 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 blah, and it's like a three page fucking essay when they're yeah. trying to describe what they do. And I was like, you lost me on word five. Like I tuned out a long time ago. Let's just punchy to the point and I know that can be hard so the next thing I want to ask you so you started and and it's I love this story because it reflects um so much my story as well the my first business same thing you you just fall into it and I think you know I had just finished uni I just finished my degree and I think there's something about starting it so young the naivety you have no idea <laughs> no idea arrogant money yeah yeah <laughs> do you know it doesn't matter because, i mean i don't know about you i was living with my parents i didn't even have to do my own washing like who gives yeah. a shit <laughs> i can do this i can wing it yeah, yeah, i'm friggin amazing they're both really professional people probably <laughs> <laughs> No, and you fall into this thing, but I think, yeah, the benefit is when you start it when you're young, you are so naive and ignorant and totally arrogant. Like, yeah, I can do this, right? Some of the stuff that I had clients and potential clients asking me to do, like, do you know how to do Dutch, you know, clog dancing? And I was like, yes, I do. Like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. I had to search. I had to search on YouTube for ages to try and find that. It is a very well-hidden dance form. But yeah, you go, yes, and I'll make it up on the spot and work it out as I go. You know, it's just, <laughs> but see, but there's benefits to that, to having that kind of naivety to go into it. Because then as you get older, and like you said, people come from this corporate background you've suddenly got all these preconceived notions, these pressures, these judgments. And we were talking before about uh, like comparisonitis and how we compare Mm. ourselves and all of that 
just shit, that junk that layers on top really prevents people from just going out and giving it a go. Like most businesses fail. And I'll put up my hand and say, majority of my business ideas have failed. But a couple have worked out. Yay! Yeah, but you've also learned and sometimes there's a thing of being like, yeah, it just didn't work. And okay, so why didn't it work? Let's look at that. And I, you know, I had a client um, in the early days in those first few months who, you know, downfall of the story of the going, yeah, yeah, I can do it. I I was going to do an EDM for her, which I had to explain a few times lately, but a newsletter, an electronic direct mail. Uh, And I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And it just, I, like I, to this day, don't love to, if the template's there, I'll do it. I'm a words person, mm. but the building of the template, working out the content difficulty, she didn't really know what she wanted to say. Um, uh, she, so, and this is where I come back to brand. Now that's why I'm so fixated on brand. It's like, can we do, can we get to the core of this first? Like, let's, who, who are you and what are you trying to say to people? Mm. You know, why would they even want to read this, this thing? Why do they, why are they coming to you? Um, we didn't do all that. I didn't know that. So I'm just trying to deliver. It took a long time. Um, was not a lot of money, but it, you know, it was her not feeling very happy that she'd had to pay and, and really just not being very satisfied. And me also saying that's fair because yeah, probably didn't really know what I was doing. So mm. she sort of was like, I don't really think maybe you should offer this. And I was like, yeah, I don't really think I want to do this. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't, it was a face down moment. Like, but, you know, it was okay. Lesson learned. Maybe don't bite off more than you can chew. Mm. Um, I gave it a crack and it didn't work. And other times I've taken something on that's a bit bigger than I think, but I've made it work. Um, you know, and there's, there's something to be said for the right fit clients and the wrong fit clients. Um, so I would now see in future, I'd be like, uh, maybe I, that was, that's, there were a few red flags there that mm-hmm. I would, yes. if they, someone like her came along again, I would, <laughs> I mean, it needs to happen at least another five times. <laughs> <laughs> really like red rag to a bull at the start. And now it's like, Hey, that red, that red yeah. thing. <laughs> trouble might avoid that and that's that's an experience thing too yeah, starting yeah. it's like work money yes <laughs> that's it that's it it's so interesting now that you know i'm seeing it with my partner he's setting up his handyman business and the same thing when clients come in and he'll tell me about it and i go mm, this doesn't seem right and i go well you know it's your call here's my feel on it but it's ultimately your call. And, you know, and I do, I leave it up to him because people only learn things when they actually learn them for themselves. You know, you can tell them anything, but it doesn't mean, you know, unless they have that experience, it doesn't mean anything, which is then somewhat frustrating for, you know, B2B businesses who are then doing it for, and I think it's, it's a hard one, but you're right. It's such an important lesson. So again, anyone listening, you've got to start looking out for some of those red flags. So here's it. Do you, what is uh, one or two red flags that you've noticed? If we can give people some tips on this. Like somebody who's maybe haggling on price. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's my number one red flag that if they instantly ask, for any kind of discount, you go, no. Oh, and it's absolutely okay to not want to pay. I, I, I've had a quote recently on, on some work 
And it, to me, it, it, it's out of my budget. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. She did ask if I had a budget. I said, I said, I don't really, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, does, that didn't mean the sky's the limit. <laughs> it meant, I don't know how much I want to pay. million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'll, I would, no, I would like to pay you $2. Please. <laughs> exactly. But uh, this is, that is not appropriate. Um, <laughs> so I didn't give her a budget, so I'll own that, but it is out of my budget. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I'm, I'm going against what I, I can do and what, I need to get done outsourcing all that sort of jazz. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it just doesn't fit in. And so that's just an honest conversation of, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to ask if she comes back and says, Oh, well then I'll give it to you for this. I'd say, no, no, you don't have to do that. It, yeah. It's not right for me right now. It's, it's not what I can do. I'd like to potentially work with you on other things, but then maybe it's my chance to go and say, yeah, this is really my budget. And these are the things I need done. Yeah. And if she can't, then we don't work together. I would, I would, I would tell her, don't take me on. Yes. Yes. Don't, don't, if that's what you can get from other people. I mean, if you're, if you're putting up a price and you know, 10, 15 people are saying, no, you probably need to reevaluate. I'm talking service-based business, by the way. And this is the thing in a product, you don't go and see a product online and go, Oh, $70. I think it's worth 60. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it's something that service-based businesses, because ultimately in the end, it is our time that we're, that we're, you know, putting a price on. And expertise. Yeah. How long did it take you? Yeah. I have 11 years of, of knowledge you're getting. Exactly. And it's really, I think a lot of people um, find that, challenging look men i've had men and women come come at this and really struggle on what they're going to price and and then there's so many other so again i say all this because i've just been through it I, I mean i go through it with clients but i've just been through it with my partner as well and i was like all right you can put this number on like you know this your time is worth this much per hour but don't forget there's taxes in that eventually there's going to be a gst then you've got to think of travel time and petrol then you've got to think of prep time that you don't you know what i mean so again service-based businesses it's hard because you get paid for your time that you do the job not all the other time that you spend prepping for the job or traveling mm. to the job, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, service-based businesses be, you know, be firm and fair, but really you've got to feel solid in your pricing. So yeah, absolutely. Number one red flag, when people start haggling, that's when you need to start questioning. Do you have another one? Yes, yeah, scope creep. So where you do agree upon work or, you're, or you are trying to agree upon work and sometimes it's hard this can happen after the agreement's been made and that's where that's more of a learning to have boundaries uh, and stay, have an agreement and come back to that agreement. So contract, absolutely, I'm a top tip, have a contract. It yes. shows that, shows your professional. Mm-hmm. Um, they, client appreciates it mm-hmm. um, and it just lays out kind of the, the rules for you. But, um, you know, you can even in the first few chats with somebody, they can start to, at first they come to you for one thing and then they just want to add in a little thing or they just want to call you. And, and even scope creep for me is like, we've agreed to that I'm going to deliver the work and we deliver it within this time of frame. Mm. And then they message or call or email um, throughout that time. And it's like, yes, I said you could contact me, um, but... <laughs> 
perhaps not five times a day, you know. <laughs> uh, so if they're sort of, even in those initial early days, having wanting to have a lot of contact um, yeah. and wanting to add, like keep changing their mind or adding bits, that, that's called scope creep. And uh, that that's a red flag now for me too. Yeah, Just, good call, good call. Yeah. And the third was, one too would be not knowing what they want. So this oh, and I think yeah. it's this and, um, you know, but it's the, like, you know, if they don't really have a brief and you might need to educate them. Yes. If they don't um, know what they need and or want, it does make it difficult. Like don't try and just jump right in and assume, like never assume, you know what they're talking about because you do all that work and they go, oh no, that wasn't it. You're like, well, I've just wasted my time. And for the position I'm in now, I mean, it can even happen to me now. I have a program. I tell them what they're getting in the program. I tell them what's available to them. Uh, and I've, been, I've had beautiful clients, so I, I love them. And maybe because I'm very firm about these, about these things. expectations, yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm telling them up front, I, this is the investment. This is the time investment. Mm -hmm. This is what you will get for your investment. Mm -hmm. I do not promise, I promise you'll go from A to B, but I do not promise a X figure or a, you know, this, you're going to get this n number of likes or <laughs> you're going to win this many contracts or you're going to buy your dream house. I, I'm like, I'd love that. <laughs> I can't guarantee that, but yes. I can guarantee you're going to go on a journey. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm all very upfront with that. Um, and then if, you know, if it's up to them, if they can't pay the price or if they don't want to put in the time or, and for me, if they were kind of a bit, Ami Ari or maybe doing another couple of programs, I, I would actually say to them, I don't think this is the right time for you. Yeah. And I don't think it's right for me to, for us to work together. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're ready, come back, let's chat. I'd mm. love to work with you. Mm. Uh, but to take someone in because they're kind of okay and they, they say they want it and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's not going to work out for either. And it's so easy to do that, especially when you're starting out. So yeah, like you said, you've done it, I've done it, you know, and we learn through those mistakes, but yeah, it's really important. Very hard way. Solid <laughs> tips, Emma. Thank you. Yeah. So those are some really awesome red flags that we need to look out for. Now let's go. So we've started 11 years ago. You were doing PR, communications, marketing, and you've moved through that. So then when did you say last year? Or yeah. yeah, last year you sort of changed and altered a little bit or evolved. Sorry, I'll say evolved. I like that word better. Yeah, we won't use the 2020 buzzword. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm I trying. Like, to hey, hey, it. hey, I did it before 2020. I'm allowed to use <laughs> I was ahead of the time. Yeah. Well, I pivoted before it was cool. Yeah. I mean, this is what I say to people about, you know, I, I was an entrepreneur or a business owner before it came cool. In fact, when I started, People used to scoff and go, you know, when they go, what do you do? They go, oh, I have my own business. People go, yeah, unemployed, you know. <laughs> so it definitely wasn't cool, you know, talking about uh, 10 years ago. So, yeah, but absolutely. How do you, but how, like, they're like, but how do you make money? And you're like, I work. <laughs> like, how are you doing? But you work from home and yeah, yeah. you have clients. Yes. Yeah. And you seem to be able to live a life, but it doesn't all add up. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. you stay employed. 
That's what you should do. That's perfect. It's a super simple transaction, guys. If I don't do work, I don't get paid. Yeah. I don't, can't live. So yeah. exactly. really motivating factor to do the work. Do <laughs> the work in my own oh, business. Wow. Oh, gosh. So then talk to us. Yeah. So what um, sort of instigated this evolution and this change? And then tell us or start talking to us about the importance of personal branding. Yeah, for sure. So I um, started last year. I just knew that it's a real cycle type thing. It was a sort of feast or famine, um, overcapacity, then no capacity, fluctuation, not really knowing, um, loved the diversity of the work that I did, but not really seeing a pattern. Um, and also just sometimes not really seeing an impact. Mm -hmm. I, I go in, I work with a client on a contract or we work on a piece of work. And that's great. And it's satisfying in that I know I do a good job and I know that I get paid for my, the, what I do, but sometimes you just give this work back and then you walk away and you don't get to see what happens to it. Mm. And sometimes the client, you stay in touch and you kind of get to see, Oh, like keep an eye on and go, Oh, that campaign went well. And Oh, great to see where that's come, like how far that's come along or whatever. But it's, yeah, I just wasn't feeling super satisfied Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to give more to people and I didn't want to be a cog in the wheel. Uh, I wanted to have an impact. And I also wanted in my own life to have some more structure and stability. Uh, so it was like, how can I use the services or use the skill set that I have, use the services that I've sort of, all the services I've done over the years and put that into an offering that can really help people because I love people. I love helping people. I love working with people. And I've, I've, that's why I loved, I've loved small business. And though I've gone and I've worked with some really massive organizations, it's the people that I love working with um, and those relationships that you have. Mm -hmm. So I actually did work with a business coach um, and it was very helpful. And it's why I like the coaching of the work that I do now, because you just need somebody to come in with an outside eye and it's all well and good to have friends and family. And I have some amazing, I call them virtual office buddies, like awesome yes. friends and co colleagues who are friends. You'd be one of them now, Tara, like people who, you, you know, you can sort of powwow and mind, you know, mastermind with, but for somebody to really come in and be on your team. Yeah. And I sort of went, you know, I've had over the years, I've had psychologists for, to help with my mental health. I've had physiotherapists to help with my physical health. I've had, personal trainers to help me with my fitness. I've never had a business trainer, like a business coach. Wow. That's what her name is. You know, someone on my team in my business who really got it. And it was just this extra pair of eyes that just went, well, let's see how we can work this for you. So yeah, that's how it came about. It was like, I want to, I love doing brand work. <laughs> I love people. Yes let's work on, on brands. And I'd actually sort of done that with some of my clients anyway, mm. when I reflected upon it, um, was like really pulling out their personal. And it's even back to 2012, I actually have a presentation that I made for a CEO of an organization about his personal brand because, um, it sort of falls under the PR category, mm. um, often. So I did, you know, but it had sort of been something I did as part of a role, I'd done many things for him. It was just another service that I was offering. I didn't realize it was, could have been a whole thing. And what I also sort of got to was that I was 
yeah, I have a personal brand. Uh, FYI, we all do. Uh, <laughs> whether you like it or not, you've got one. You're probably just not in control of it. But yeah. I, have a, I have a pretty strong one. Mm. I, I have, I do live it. I love it. And I work on it. And I know that my brand is my business. Like, it has been my business. My lovely communications would not be where it is today without my brand, my personal brand. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just sort of pulling that all together. And like I said, there was a scary moment of how do I tell everybody and how do I say it? And, you know, no offence anyone, but nobody's paying that much attention. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, not, they're, not, they're not following the journey minute by minute. So for some people, oh, God, I'd, have, I'd been in business 10 years when I kind of, it was nice. It was nice. I think it was a real chapter, you know, it was like, cool, we've done this for a decade. Well done. Awesome. Love it. Love where I've got to, but I need to elevate. I need to evolve. I need to go into the next chapter. What does that look like? So it was like, happy 10 year anniversary. By the by, I'm now a personal branding specialist. Mm. This is what I'm offering. And for some people, it's like, you run a business. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, for 10 years, you know. So, that, so that's, that's what you do. Um, but I've always, it's been a really nice thing with the personal brand is that I've had people recommend me over the years and they literally say, I don't, I don't exactly know what she does, <laughs> but it's in that space and she's very good. <laughs> and so Done. That'll do. <laughs> you don't need people to know. They don't need your resume. They don't need your skills and qualifications list. You should be doing like, I hope that you can do your job. Um, what people are, are you know wanting to know is are they a good person will I like working with them yes do they tick the boxes in terms of can they actually deliver but really they're going to take you on on that culture and that the person that you are if you can if you can nail that you're in That's and it. then just do the job you know mm, I love so. that and so <laughs> what, what is so let's talk about it I really I really appreciate that um, that shift and that kind of evolution, because you're absolutely right. And I've come across so many business owners who are in that point, who have just done what they've done for X amount of years, because, you know, that's what they did at uni, or that's where their direct skills and experience were. It makes sense. You know, I recently, uh, recently, it was a couple of months ago now, um, worked with a lawyer. She was, you know, independent lawyer, had her own business, why she'd gone to law school and, you know, just started her own business and she had kids and blah, blah, blah. And she was finally at a point where, and I think we get so caught up, you know, running the business and doing the do that finally you get to this point where it's kind of like you lift your head up and you go, oh, here I am. Now, is this where I want to be? Like, is this still me? It was me. And like we were saying at the start of this episode, it was me but I just don't think I'm here anymore. I don't think I'm facing this direction. I don't think really this is my, my space anymore. And if for this particular example, she wanted to go into copy, copywriting and creative writing. And so for her, that's a, it's, it seems on the outside a big shift, but like you said, once you dig down into who you are, your essence, 
your purpose, your why, you know, your, the special you that makes you you. So your personal brand, everything that you would collate into a personal brand, you go, it actually does make sense. Because like you say, what you actually do, the physical actions and the, the skill sets that you have, like, yes, they're important, but not as important as coming back to that, that core essence of who you are and, and what you bring to life. Yeah, well, people can learn, you can learn a skill, you can learn a new job, you can learn a new task. That's, you know, sort of supplementary sometimes. Um, it, it, you know, and it's awful in some ways and great in others, but it's not what you know, it is, I believe it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. But it's also how, like how you treat people, how you show up in the world, how you're telling that story, mm-hmm. um, whether you're going to own it and and walk forward or you know what you want to do people go oh I'm just a this and I'm always going to be just a that you know or you know taking that example like you said of where you shift from you know I had a client and it's like maybe 10 years ago she wanted to grow and she wanted to have more more business and hustle and bring in more team members and really like have an agency type situation whereas now it's like I was like what do you really want and it's like she wants lifestyle she wants like quality clients that she loves working with, but it's like, we're not trying to talk to the masses. We're trying to talk to four or five quality people a month. Mm. You know, We're trying to engage and connect with four or five people that you thoroughly enjoy working with who have given you brilliant testimonials. Uh, and then you can have though, that four day a week if you want, or you can mm. spend the time on the boat that you worked your butt off to buy, you know, yeah. if that's what you want in the future, it's like, what does success look like to you? What does life look like to you? And so with the personal brand, you know, some people like this, I don't really open with, it's a bit woo, might seem a bit woo-woo to some people, but it's about your vision and it's about your goals. And it's, yeah, I think, you know, it's not just, if it's about the resume, I'm not the person for you. Like yeah. go, to a, go to a recruitment officer and get them to fix up your CV. It's more than that. And it's why on a CV you put, and it's always like just that bottom line of like you put your hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Because so that in the interview that you can go, oh, you played netball. Oh, my daughter plays netball, you know. Mm. Oh, chat about netball. Then they get to know a little bit about you. And then, oh, yeah, bang, 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 you did all of that. Mm. (laughs) You know, but oh, but we we can talk about netball. Yeah, and creating that connection there. What would you say is sort of the number one ultimate reason for people and people who are listening to really start consciously thinking about and working on their personal brand? Like you said, everyone's got a personal brand. Everyone that's listening, you've got a personal brand already. But if you are not consciously aware of it, you know, what is kind of that big main reason that really they need to start bringing this to the forefront of, of their awareness? So that you can, you know, have that alignment with where you want to be going, what you want to be doing and who you want to be interacting with. Mm. You know, sometimes people find, keep finding them in the same, and it was great. Actually, it was in, um, I used to love the movie nine to five with Dolly Parton. <laughs> great music. But she said this guy kept um, dating women with like different packages on the outside, but inside it's like you wanted, you got sick of cornflakes but so you tried to have eggs, but inside you open up box cornflakes, you know? So you said, you're just focusing on the outside. You're always focusing. You sort of 
it's like that in term of insanity. You keep doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. Mm. So if you're not aware of your personal brand, if you're not aware of what you're putting out there and you're not clear on what you want, well, how can you put out what you want if you don't know what you want? Uh, if you don't know where you want to go and if you don't know who you are, um, letting everybody else tell this, they're telling the story for you. They're deciding for you. Oh, well, Jane's an accountant, you know, well, cause she did accounting. She's always an accountant. Well, Jane doesn't actually want to do accounting. Doesn't like accounting. She's actually, Jane's actually a really talented writer, um, as well as, uh, having, you know, done some small time in accounting, but she's been pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. And she's never changed the story yeah. or, or corrected the story or put her story out there. That's the story that people are telling. I guess that's my story. No, take control of it. Understand and do a little bit of analysis. Might be a little bit scary. Ask people what they, you know, how would you describe me? I, I do it. I've, we just did it in, one the, in the group I run. Three words to describe yourself and then go and ask 10 friends or colleagues or choose 10 people don't give them a reason to say three words just if you had to describe me to someone who'd never met me how would you describe me mm. and in an ideal world they'll be aligned yes if they're not <laughs> we've got some work to do <laughs> and we just so we just see ourselves completely differently and so it's, it's first and foremost looking at yourself how do i want to show up in the world how do i want my story told where am i going mm. so what what do i want to put out there Mm. you start putting it out there if you're saying i am i am emma and i am doing this and i'm about this and this is what i care about Mm. who's there to who's there to tell me otherwise exactly exactly yeah Yeah. unless they're a jerk (laughs) (laughs) and then that's probably a good test anyway okay you're out (laughs) (laughs) i don't like that answer don't out yeah yeah, but, you know, I love that. And that's, um, yeah, it's really powerful when you say that to come from your personal brand because it is something that's guided internally. And, and I've told people this story, um, I don't know if I've told it on the podcast, but, uh, you know, I was very passionate about teaching dance. When I burnt out, my passion burnt up and I went through, it wasn't just grieving the loss of my business. I went through grieving the loss of, my identity because I focused in on what I did. I was a dance teacher. And so with very little to no awareness of, like of myself anyway, so definitely no personal brand. I, I was, I was lost. I was like, so now what is my life all about? What is my direction? What is my focus? What do I do now? If I am not teaching dance, then I, I am blank. Like the, there was nothing and it does, it makes it really hard to, to evolve, to continue in business when you think everything that you are is based on the skills and qualifications of what you do. What you do. Yes. Yeah. I didn't ask what you do. I asked who you are. And yeah. the first statement is I am Tara. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I sometimes don't even tell people what, what I do. I'll start with, I love travel or yes. I really like tomatoes. <laughs> so like, ask me something. Let's talk about what's your favorite pizza. You know, like let's talk about something else. And then subsequently, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I do for work. Um, yeah, but I just want to yeah. connect with you and get a sense of you. And perhaps your pizza will tell me far more about you than any elevator pitch you could ever 
I'm not going to psychoanalyze you. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's far more interesting. It's yes. boring just like walking around with a virtual resume. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Cool. So quickly talk to us a little bit about your awesome podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes. So uh, as I said, I love travel. Uh, so I run a podcast called The Lovely Travels Podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's about lovely me traveling. <laughs> and I have a, a mission to visit every UN recognized country in the world. Uh, so there's 195 of them. I've been to 57. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the way. Yes. Um, this year's been a bit of an exempt, you know, sort of exception uh and i want to raise awareness for mental health while doing it so i've had my own journey with mental health and i travel is something that truly brings me joy and has uh, brings me connection Mm -hmm. and uh, i was interested to see how other cultures deal with it and how other people are impacted by it and just to have a bit of a i guess a reason to the journey as well you know just me gallivanting is is one thing but let's do something while we're gallivanting. So we're up to episode 25 as this would air. And uh, I, I just love it. I love talking to people about travel, uh, hearing their stories, uh, t- revisiting memories of my own uh, with my, with my co-host. And, you know, it's been, it's a funny time. We started it during COVID when people can't travel, but the conversations that we've had, we have a Facebook group as well to just have people you know, and I don't think about travel as in like, I don't mean you have to be going and having these massive adventures. I do do a lot of pretty crazy big travel, but I, you know, I just went down to my friend's um, farm yesterday and that's travel to me, mm-hmm. you know, or hearing about somebody else's life and how the view, the different, literally the different view that they have out the window. It's like, what was your view this weekend? That's a like, popular question. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to see your view. I want to see a different part of the world and show me through your eyes it's not it's not all just yeah there's a lot about me but it's not all just about me <laughs> <laughs> love it emma if someone wants to reach out and find out more where can they find you yeah come on over to lovelycommunications.com i'm on instagram lovelycoms i'm on a facebook page lovely communications we've got our beautiful facebook group live and love your brand and then for the podcast just search lovely travels it's all the same <laughs> lovely travels this lovely travels that so and l-o-v-e double l-y double l double double the life yes awesome and i'll put all of that in the show notes as well so anyone can find you thank you so much this has been such a great conversation oh you're a delight thank you Hey team, thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. I'm so excited to be sharing this journey with you. Love some feedback and we'll see you next time.